0: Welcome to the Trading Avant-Garde podcast, show number eight, and it's great to have you joining us. Uh, I'm John Warren, and I'm here with a very good mate, Ashley Ralph. Welcome, Ash.
1: Hey, JW, how are you?
0: Wonderful, mate. Uh, how was your break? You, you spent some time uh, out of Adelaide last week and trying to, to get the, the economy running in some of the, the more remote parts of South Australia.
1: It wasn't too bad, mate. Uh, a week away is always good, no matter where you end up, but... Unfortunately, the weather wasn't as good as we would have liked. But as I said, getting away is always good. But we did put a lot of money into the local economy, especially the breweries and the gin bars.
0: Ah, excellent. The gym. What what gym were you going to? Do?
1: No, gin. Gin, not gym. Ah, okay. Drinking. Um, jet ski. How much uh, action? Twenty minutes. Nah, no, twenty oh. minutes. Too rough. Too wet. Too windy. Too everything. So, no, that stayed on the trailer. Unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, okay. but as I said, but it's still good to get away and have a, just a quick break before uh, we roll into the Christmas crazy period.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, welcome back. Hey, today, Thank Ash, um, we've, uh, we've got some exciting news. Uh, Trady tales, I think we, that's what we might call it. And it'll be insights from, from different tradies that are already doing amazing things in the industry. And this one's uh, insights of a sparky. So today we have uh, Patrick Zazor. He's the managing director of OzTech Sparks Electrical. Welcome, Pat. Thanks, mate. How are you going?
2: Thanks for having me on.
0: How's your day been?
2: Uh, it's been a full day, just like all the other days. Uh, today hasn't been too bad. It's been pretty
0: productive, but um, still not finished. Nah. Yeah, and, still not finished. And particularly with daylight saving, the days are getting longer. so. <laughs> Hey, look, welcome welcome to the show, and, uh, and thank you for your time. I know we had a chat. Um, I saw some of the amazing stuff that you've been doing, particularly on the socials, and uh, and, and part of uh, having you on the show today is to sort of share some of the, the amazing things that you are doing with your team. Um, but maybe to start off, um, tell us, how did you become a tradie? What, what happened? Um, back in school
2: time. So at the end of school, I didn't know what I was going to be doing. Um, a big part of my family just was focused on going to uni and I, I wasn't going to eventually end up in uni. I was sort of tossing up my options. I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, which was a few years older than me, and he was working for a reputable electrical company in Australia, it was Stowe Australia, and he was talking to me about how good it is being a Sparky, and how it's, in his opinion, it was one of the better better trades, and, and how you use a big part of your brain and you're always on the tools and you're on your feet, and, and he's it he was just talking it up and it got me interested and i said you know what i'll just give this thing a go so as soon as i finished my hsc i reached out to a family friend of mine who ran an electrical company and I just said hey man can I work for you for a couple of weeks just for free just for work experience and just so I can get a taste of and and see what it's like see if it's for me and and from then it was just yeah it's it's been history I was working for him he ended up actually taking me on it was only a small company had about four or five guys he took me on for about five months before he got pretty screwed over by a builder and then he had to let everyone go and um, that was the start of my journey that was the start of my apprenticeship and um, yeah after that uh i i applied for nika group training which was an apprenticeship training organization and they would send me out to um host trainers and one of them ended up being stowe which was the company that my family friend was working for and and yeah i I finished my apprenticeship with stowe Stowe australia and yeah Uh, that's where it all began
0: yes stowe australia obviously um probably australia's largest electrical contractor amazing dave madsen the, the business that he built there and it's still strong, not just uh, New South Wales, but right around the country. Well, you would have got a great, uh, a great grounding. I mean, I know the team at there uh, are amazing, uh, and to to have had the experience of a lot of the tradies that work in that business would have would have grounded you pretty well. What were some of your key learnings, I suppose, over that four year period as uh, an apprentice? Oh, look, the first part of the first part of my um. First year
2: apprenticeship, I was just in a services group and we are actually working at the casino down in Sydney and um, I was there for about 10 months just doing service work around the casino which was pretty cool Um, but like, you can only learn so much in in certain moments and then after that, I jumped on Optus crew um, out in Macquarie Park where Stowe had the contract for all the service and maintenance work for Optus. Um, I was doing that for a few years in that crew and, and we did a lot of data work we did a heap of data work with Optus, um, so obviously the more data work I, I was exposed to, the less electrical work, I uh, less electrical experience I had, so I felt a, a bit sort of shortchanged with, with my experience during my apprenticeship, and then in between, throughout my apprenticeship, I would jump in between a couple of different um service groups, project groups, I work in a couple of construction sites and fit outs and, and stuff like that. A, at the end of the day, it's a complete different ball game working for a massive company like Stowe in comparison to running a business and doing starting off in residential and, and, and that sort of thing. But th- different, parts are, different parts of Stowe just brought different parts of experience and of course learning with um, having experience with different tradesmen some are better than others, some have a higher temper than others, some have more brain capacity than others, it's, you get exposed <laughs> to like, yeah, in a company like so, but um, yeah, it was it was good. I felt I felt grateful for that. It's always a hard
1: one, Pat, when you're your apprenticeship. I did mine with the Australian Army and we've spoken before, John and I, earlier on in the, the podcast, trying to get the experience. You know, we spent two years in Victoria just purely on the books. We did two years of, of, of trade school. Yeah. Um, so we ended up with, I don't know, they worked out some ridiculous amount of hours extra over, over what a civilian apprentice would get in trade school. And then we spent two years in Sydney with contractors getting farmed around. So the uh, the scheme back then was uh, an electrical business in Sydney you could get a, an army apprentice for free. Yeah. Um, and so long as they took them on and, and, and obviously committed to training them and the opportunity, a little bit like the group training scheme, uh, you could get moved around. So you got to see a little bit of industrial, a little bit of commercial, a little bit of residential and yeah. the likes. But um, James spent two years actually on, on the tools, not the 4-4 the like a, a civilian apprentice. So it was interesting and you only get to see a certain amount. So I know where you're coming from when you say, you know, it's very hard to get all the experience that you're looking for um, from your apprenticeship and depending where you end up. But um, I think whatever you learn back then, obviously, puts you in good standard. A company like Stowe, with the size of them, still, still obviously operates a little bit of, or provides a little bit of variety, but depends which way you, you want to go. And obviously, you've chosen that way now with AusTech, when did uh, when did you start AUSTECH Sparks Electrical? So, twenty fourteen. I finished my apprenticeship,
2: and um, it was I actually finished up with Stowe. And my my intention was actually just to reapply for Stowe as a tradesman because I I, I built myself up. I feel like I built up a bit of a good reputation. When I was working there, and, and yep. I had a few good connections and, and, and good relationships. And yeah, I had no intention not to follow through and reapply as a tradesman and I, I remember I was just, there was one night I was sitting down with one of my, um, my best mate who, who I met through Tate, who's also a Sparky and, and we were just talking about life, it was, <laughs> it was, it was just a it was a m it was a deep and meaningful conversation and, and he knew at the end of his apprenticeship he was going to start a business and, and to be honest, I never thought about business. He brought it up with me and said, "Man, why don't you just give this? Why don't you try out? Um, open up your own business." And I said, <laughs> "I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy where I am, and I, I have no issues with sto." I go, but "To be honest, I there's no reason. I feel like I never thought of the business." because men, "Man, open up and open up your own business. Give it a go. If it doesn't work out, reapply for sto." And then that's, I feel like that's what's planted to see. Yeah, and and I thought, you know what, this thing a go. I'll suss it out. And yeah, and next next couple of weeks, um, I was just thinking of a business name. I think next three weeks, I just kept thinking of names every time I'd think of a name that would pop up in mind, I'd write it down and then i <laughs> like 30 different names. i started start shuffling them around and yeah, I, I came up with Ostex Sparks Electrical. That's what I felt sat well with me and yeah. um, that was early 2014. So January 2014 is when I registered the ABN and when I registered the business name. Now obviously at the start, when, when you just set up a business, you're not going to have leads flying through the door, you're not going to have anything. Um, yeah. So Um, I I applied to work as a licensed Sparky for a medium-sized company around Smithfield and um, I was working there for a couple of months but I I realised when I was coming out of Stowe uh, my experience as a tradesman, like what I mentioned before. I felt wasn't on the same level as other sparkies out there, just because of what I'd been exposed to. Like uh, any anything commercial or data, I'd smash, I'd, I'd, I'd kill yeah. it. I love that stuff. But then, like I came out of an apprenticeship, and I've never, I've never smashed an earth stake into the ground. I've never installed an earth stake. I, I didn't know how to do two-way switching. I didn't know how to do two-way switching. Yeah. Just yeah. simple yeah. things like this, and I, I felt yeah. like yeah, I just played on my insecurities a bit. I remember with my with my first employment as a tradesman medium sized company, after two months the guy goes to me and goes, Listen, mate, um, your your knowledge and your experience is probably on the same level as one of our third years. And to me, coming out of Stowe thinking I've built up a decent reputation there and, and I've I've always had a kick in my step when I was working. Um and, and I've always been passionate about my work and did carry out any certain jobs. But yeah. to me, hearing that sort of feedback saying i have the same sort of experience as one of their thirgies was Massive slap in the face, and I thought to myself, Fuck my <laughs> "So that's and, and and he had to let me go because I wasn't I wasn't um on the same level as one of their tradies. So that was that was um yeah it was a yeah it was it was a bit of a shock. Um, sure. But I, yeah. But I'm very grateful for that moment because I looking back at it now, it's what's created the the passion inside me to always want to learn. I never wanted to be put in a situation like that again, um, yeah. and yeah. and now if I don't know anything, I do whatever it takes to make sure I understand.
0: It. Hey Pat, and the great uh, the great message there is, I'm sure every trader has had that same feeling. You, you've left somewhere being really, really very good at what you're doing, and then all of a sudden you're challenged to do things that uh, are out of your comfort zone, and, and I'm sure everyone's gone through those emotions. So I, I mean, it's see. great to sort of reinforce that and learning. I think you've nailed it. I mean, if every day is a learning opportunity and for tradies uh, the speed of change can be so great take that opportunity to to be the front of the list especially when
1: uh, especially with technology trades like electrical with everything changing regularly um, it's always a a challenge to stay on top of that and uh, one that uh, you know especially every sparky will find that you know keeping up with what's happening out there I mean, it's one of the hardest uh, Oh god, the so there, there, yeah. Yeah,
2: we, we've stepped into the security space more and more. We, we took on our security contractor's license and we're, we're doing a lot of security now, but security is a whole different ball game in itself with all the programming and the back-end side of things. And home automation is another thing that I, I can see myself starting to get passionate about that but it just looks like such an interesting field, but I can only imagine how much goes on in the back end. With, with- oh, and, and, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean,
1: even before my kipsel days, we played around with bus and the lights and it was one of those products even back then that if you weren't two feet into it, um yeah. and really having a go then you needed to let it go to the professionals and you know yeah. so we, we ended up you know running all the cables and doing all the connections but letting someone else come in with the computer and it you know, it, it was so different to watch us turn up on site with a computer not a tool built full of pliers and screwdrivers and, <laughs> and the likes and and, and do his job and earn way more than we we were earning and we were doing all the hard work so it sort of looks that, but you've got to have a passion for that sort of that field as uh, as you say and um, it's interesting so uh, but when, um, so when that uh, Sparky let you go and you, and you had that sort of light bulb moment, hang on, I never want to be in this position again, is that when you then said you went full bore into your business or did you go and find some other savvy work elsewhere before you really went full bore?
2: Nah, not at all. I I have I didn't go full bore into the business until maybe at the end of the first year. So after, yeah. my, after that employer let me go, I was just looking for full-time work. I... I started working with another company who um they're they're a bit of a small company never paid overtime only (laughs) paid sort of a set wage per week and if you work till seven o'clock at night on a friday that's just that's what it is that sort of thing and whatever at the time i didn't mind i was happy i was working i i I was always just attached to i I love being a sparky and and i was i was i was happy that i had work and i was working full time i was with them for a couple of months and then uh, the boss actually went away on a holiday, and he put a tradesman in charge. And, and that tradesman, I, f- I feel—I um, don't know—I I feel like he just wanted to do the, the guy over, and he ended, up, he ended up getting rid of me, and, and he got rid of someone else. And it was just a really, really weird situation. When the boss came back from his holiday, he was freaking out because he wanted me to come back. Um, but he, that company, that small company, was doing a lot of housing commissions, stove repairs, um, a lot of service calls real estate work, uh, the standard stuff, installing power yeah. lights, fans, yeah. switches, power points, which is good um, because that's what sort of boosted my confidence in the residential field. Um, whereas obviously I got none of that from Stowe and with the company before then it was a bit more on the commercial side as well. Um, yeah, sure, yeah. But yeah, so I, I ended up getting exposed to a, a, deeper, a deeper residential side of the world. And yeah. yeah, I was I was there for a few months. I had my own van, my own tools and I was just I was enjoying it. But I, I saw it sort of um, a blessing in disguise that I got fired while well, I got let go. The guy didn't actually let me go. He said, Look, man, we don't have any work at the moment, give me a call next week and I'll I'll let you know if we have any work. And I called him about three weeks in a row and then I started <laughs> to Started to pick up on what's going on and I thought to myself, you yeah. know what, man, I'll just start looking for something else. And um, yeah that from then, that's that's when I sort of started bringing in revenue from into the business. I started subcontracting out to uh, a person who had a contract with Chubb Fire, and we're doing emergency lighting. So uh, we did emergency lighting. I did emergency lighting in all the airports, T1, T2, T3, all the UTS buildings. It was just testing and repairs. But there's a whole yeah. different world in emergency lighting with different systems that people use and um, and, so, and that sort of thing.
0: So Pat, yeah. so. Yeah. It sounds like when you started the business, uh, maybe it didn't go exactly to plan. Uh, what I mean by that is obviously you had to diversify really quickly, maybe pick up some new skills to try to turn that into into cash.
2: Well, yeah, I, I
0: thought to myself, if at the beginning, if I
2: didn't have the right experience as an electrical tradesman, maybe doing work for others, I, I, it, I didn't feel congruent with it. If I wasn't at the level where I should be charging myself out. Maybe that's what set me back
0: from throwing myself out there at the beginning. And that's such another important point. I think because of that, uh, almost a lack of confidence because you think, well, maybe I can't do exactly what the customer's expecting based on the skill set you've developed compared to maybe what they're looking for. And that uh, that impacts business, doesn't it? Because your price point all of a sudden is lower than what it really should be uh, based on the ex- expertise and experience you do bring. You tend to, traders tend to discount that to try to... To compensate for, for yep. that insecurity so what did you know about the about running a business you, you've made the decision to sort of to move out and, and start uh Austec sparks electrical tell me a little bit about what you knew about business in, in that first 12 months did you have a business plan
2: nothing no- Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. it, i love the honesty, pat i love it don't, don't be silly no, nothing at all uh, i just threw at all. myself out there and 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 just sort of ran with it i thought Whatever I'll do work I'll charge for it and I'll I'll pay for the material and and that's it.
0: So, uh, so twelve months down the track. So you, you've started out without a plan and uh, and I've got an old saying I, I share with uh, Ash and uh, and a few people have a bit of a giggle. But if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And in a business sense, I suppose you went through those emotions because you you had all this enthusiasm and optimism and you're going to go out and make a difference. But uh, of course, without a plan. It's hard to end up at a destination because you haven't sort of set out what that destination looks like. 100%. After twelve months, uh, ref, reflect on what did that look like when you look back and went, "Wow, I didn't see that coming." What What were you thinking?
2: Uh, well, th- at the twelve month mark, I was still I was subbing out to um to the guy that had the contract for Chubb Fire, so it was it was bringing in revenue, and it was just like I was content with that. I I, I didn't really have a drive to grow the business. Because I was just, at that time, I was just happy that I was getting consistent work and at a good hourly rate. It wasn't until maybe a year later that I thought to myself, man, I really want to go out full time. I want to actually do something about this thing. And and that's when I started to make an, um, a, a focus. Uh, yeah. One of my goals, just to go out full time for myself. It was a massive leap I would have had to make because now I have to rely on myself to bring in work and, and a consistent amount of work.
0: One of the reasons Innovative Traders Clubs exist is to try to help tradies in exactly that message is making that jump, maybe without the the, the eyes wide open. And, and thank you for sharing that because it's, it is a great segue into uh, collectively how we can help traders to think differently, to act differently, and to get a better result um, based on more information and being better prepared for for what the business part of business is all about. Being good traders. That's never challenged. I mean, there's thousands, if tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of really talented tradies. But as you've just told us, moving into business, uh, it doesn't always go to plan, and particularly if you haven't got a plan.
2: (laughs) Well, I I was a tradie back then. I wasn't a business owner. Correct. I I wasn't a business owner. I was just a tradie. And and, and to be honest, it wasn't until maybe four years ago, four, yeah, about four years ago, that I I really started to hone in on um, what I wanted to create. Yeah, fantastic.
1: You know, it's funny, Pat, your um, your experience isn't dissimilar to mine when I first started uh, our first business here in Adelaide. And I think somewhere inside you, you're always going to be a business owner. If you're a business owner, you, you're sort of always going to be one. Um, no matter what the business ends up being, you, you're sort of going to have that, that drive and, and obviously you've yep. got that drive. But it's interesting when you talk about your experience. And I did the same. You know, I walked out of where I was working one day because I had enough and I literally arrived in the morning with my uniforms in a garbage bag gave them to the owner and walked out and that was it that was I I just had enough of 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 him and everything going on so I walked out and I was walking home literally walking home because I had the work van I had to leave that there so I literally walked about five k's home um and the whole way home I thought what do I do now what do I do tomorrow so I had no plan to start a business the day I walked in and, and quit but I'm walking home and I thought, oh, I can do this better than he can. So if he's yeah. making money, why can't I? And, and the same thing, mate, I went and subbed to a guy that advertised and some luck falls your way and I saw an ad and I advertised and the guy took us on. I'm still best mates with him today, you know, 20-odd years on. And, uh, you know, you learn as you go along and you, you sort of, and, and you're going to make mistakes. So just your your explanation of how you started, it, it would be so familiar to guys out there, girls, in business and, and you know even probably recently the people have started business during COVID this year you know and unfortunately started at the start of the year and and then COVID hit but the idea of starting a business is just taking that leap and saying no I can do this um so your experience in that is, is amazing but where if you were starting Oztech Sparks today knowing what you know now so having the the ability of hindsight what advice would you give yourself? God,
2: where would you start? <laughs> yeah, where would you start? That's like six six years worth of knowledge and yeah experience yeah. crammed into a couple of lines. <laughs> i would probably, I'd look, one of the most important things I'll say to myself is just um, step into discomfort. Uh, don't be scared. Just throw yourself into anything that makes you feel uncomfortable because you're going to come out as a... a that one percent more grown as a person, whether it's work, yep. whether it's uh, relationships, friends, um, business, business connections, whatever it is, um, throw yourself into discomfort, and and it's essentially throwing yourself into growth. So Perfect. Yeah. Uh, that's
1: beautiful.
0: Excellent, Pat. Um, now, one of the things that I was really attracted to when I started to see uh, some of the stuff that uh, we mentioned earlier that you're doing on socials, just describe to us the importance of people, team and apprentices. It seems um, on face value, your passion for this area is probably uh, greater than, than most of the things that, uh, that inspire you in your business. So what have, what have you learned since starting the business around people, team and, and apprentices, developing talent? Ah, uh, developing
2: talent. You want to have talent members and not staff. I love my team. I love who we have on at the moment. Now, I'm I'm a very um, particular sort of person, and, and my OCD kicks in a lot during running a business. Um, but you just have to you just have to accept and understand that team members are other human beings as well, with their own needs that need to be met. If 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 you if you set up the if you set up a supportive environment which meets their growth, then and that's your genuine, pure intention. Then you're not doing anything wrong. There's been a couple of employees in the past which I've had to let go, and and I know I, I had to experience those struggles and those those breakthrough those breakthrough moments with those employees to get to where we are now. But it's it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the it's all part of the process. I, I I'm passionate about. Look, I've always been passionate about growing potential in people ever since I was younger. I've always I just I, I've always put myself. I put others before myself, but seeing seeing people grow as from a conversation you've had with them, or a certain way you've spoken to them, or a certain thing you did for them, it, it gives you a kick. It gives you a kick of achievement and a sense of joy from the inside. And knowing I can do that for the people that are closest to me in the business makes things easier. It makes things easier, and and you're doing good by them as well as doing good for the business it goes hand in hand
0: yeah i mean i love what you said there about talent not staff uh, mm. i think that um, you, you probably should trademark that because that's that tells <laughs> us too late job yeah ash ash ash, <laughs> ash, ash, has been, ash has been on the computer so we've got that one but we might be able to we might be we'll come to an arrangement we'll um a supportive environment and well, course uh It's easy to say, but sometimes harder to do. I think you said you've had to let some people go, and and that happens in life, right? We are all different, and sometimes... In this case, our business might not be a good fit for them. We're not being judgmental. It's just that their needs and our needs are a little bit misaligned, and, and we'll do whatever we can to, to nurture them, develop them, and help them to grow. But if there is that misalignment, what, what we believe in and what they believe in, that doesn't quite fit. Well, it's, it probably helps both of us, really. And Understood. and sometimes people, they, they try too hard to, to make something work when it, it probably never can. And the quicker that, uh, and I think that's what you're really telling us, the quicker you can come to that realisation, the better for for them, more importantly, but also better for your business. You can then sort of reach out and, and develop new talent to get you and your business to where you want it to be.
2: Yep. Um, look, as well in, in saying that, um, there's, there's open and honest communication, being vulnerable when having commun- conversations with um, your team members and just having a genuine heart-to-heart conversation when issues do arise, because of course you're running a team, whether it's five, 10, 15, 30 people, there's always gonna be, there's always gonna be certain um, topics that might be a bit weird or, or certain conversations that might be, be a bit confronting. But if, if you're having an open, honest, genuine conversation with the person, it's the best way to go about it. We, well, I've had I've had incidents in the past where it could have become catastrophic, just dependent on each person's ego in the moment and the best thing that diffused it and the best thing that actually grew um, myself being a part of that conversation and the team member moving forward was just an open and honest conversation. And looking back at it now, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm proud to see how we both me and that team member have grew from, from yeah. just that conversation where it could have just turned very, very bad. But that's something I would always reiterate to people. Co- communication is massive. It's, it's key. People say it all the time, but I, I think they, they really underestimate the power behind open honest and vulnerable communication if it comes from the right genuine
0: place look i think again that's an it's another amazing lesson because again it's something easy to say but very hard to do and you talk yeah. about honest open, honest, and genuine, and authenticity. Being real about it, you're not faking it. It's something that's a genuine passion desire to help to grow and develop uh, develop your team. And, and having tough conversations, and the earlier you can do that, can sometimes mitigate the consequences of sort of delaying those those tough conversations, again, for, for both you and, uh, and whoever that has to be with. Hey, look, fantastic. Pat, clearly, I mean, you're amazingly passionate about developing people and, and nurturing teamwork. Uh, you, you can sort of hear that when you start talking about it—the enthusiasm there. How was that passion developed? Where did that come from?
2: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, growing, like, like I said before, I, I've always—I've always had a, a small fire inside of me. I, I, in, in seeing people perform outside of what they perceive would be who they are, I, I, I like to see growth in people, and, and if I had anything to do with that growth, it just—it gives me. Gives me a sense of achievement. Yeah. Now, I wasn't really in line with bringing that in the business uh, up until only up until a couple of years ago. But it was a conversation I had with someone else, where he said, "Like, man, we can see that your um, your conversation skills are alright, and you're in, and you're passionate about coaching, and, and you, you genuinely want the best for another person. Have you ever thought about bringing that to the team and and growing your team yeah. that way? And it it started that just the penny just dropped from there." and just grew from there on.
0: I, I know that you have uh, team huddles. We, we talked about that before the show, and and you get them together I think, Monday mornings for about an hour. Just just tell our listeners uh, what the team huddles are about and why you've introduced that.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, every Monday from 7 to 8.30. Uh, we've been pretty shook about this for the last couple of years. We've kept it going consistently every week. So we'd um, set up in the morning and we'd would be up there on a whiteboard. We'll write down every single job from the previous week that we've we've, um, carried out. And we'll discuss each one of them as a team. And we discuss what challenges we faced, where where we could have improved on our service if the customer had positive or negative feedback, and what we could have done better to improve our standards and grow it together as a team. And also just so each one of the team members can absorb value from it. So a couple of the guys may not have been on that job. Maybe it was just one of the guys that was on the job. But I'd still want to discuss each one of these factors so all the team members grab value from it even though they weren't on that job and look that had been that's that's been a massive that's played a massive impact on exceeding our standards and and keeping our customers happy we've never had a bad we've never had um yeah any bad reviews whatsoever if they were if if we did receive any we just got got on top of it straight away but nothing 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 drastic at all and a, a big part of that comes down to the team huddles at the end of our team huddles um we Start going through all the jobs in the coming week. Discuss them as a team, and um, if we can have an upper hand on any of those jobs before we get started, yeah, we discuss them and and, and and sort of dive into it.
0: So does it end with sort of huddle cuddles or something like that? It does in a weird way. <laughs> now, tradies <laughs> out there, don't be scared. A little cuddle oh, won't hurt them. This is gonna. This is gonna get weird. <laughs> so, so at the end.
2: Uh, are you ready for this? Yeah, we're ready. Yeah. yeah, we're holding on. <laughs> okay. So at the end, at the end of our um, morning huddles on the Monday, we we actually together as a team read through our mission statement. Uh, we read through our purpose statement together as a team. We read through each one of our values, and um, every team member picks a value that they're gonna they're gonna try and work towards throughout that week. We we actually copy and paste that um, value that they've chosen. Let's say if it was myself, I, I picked the value um, that I want to set as the intention for that week. I'd copy and paste that value, put it into the WhatsApp group, our team WhatsApp group, and um, tag myself in it. And, and we do that just so there's some sort of, there's some sort of accountability there. And and it's, it's a massive thing for us to make sure that all of us as a team are in line with our mission, our purpose, and our values. It's not something that, like other companies out there you don't see it too much in tradey companies you see more in the corporate world but other companies out there let's say they do have a mission and a purpose they just put it together they whack it up on a wall and they have it there for show. if yeah. we're going to have it we want to make sure we're, we're applied by it and that's that's the that's where our standards lie and mean just yeah. being staying in check with our values every every single week is yeah it's it's just i felt like it's played a significant impact it's on such
0: operate. it's such an important topic and sorry to cut you short there what i did mention mm. because it's such an important uh, topic and i know um around your thoughts around positivity and recognition and those types of things so it may be um because because it's such a rich part of of the business we might even get you back for another show just to talk about that process because i'm sure Easy. there's lots of trading businesses that, that would like to hear maybe a bit more in depth of what that that looks like uh, sort of the agenda and what a what a team harder looks like. I mean, maybe in cooperation with a um, a toolbox meeting, for example. Uh, yes. I think there's some really nice synergies there. So, if it's okay with you on on this one, we, we might even set some time down the track to, to get you back on it and talk specifically about that because I think that would be a great value. Yeah, that's that sounds fine.
1: Easy done. It's um. Oh, I just think uh, I had all these questions and John's just cut me off now he wants to let's talk about it next time. But uh, <laughs> it's such a great great purpose. You know, and you've got all the team getting together, people will always say they haven't got time and time is money and and all those things and it is. But there's also a time, like you said, you're getting all together. You're all on the same path. You all know what's going on. And and, and part of people's insecurities, I think, is the lack of communication. So, you know, you build a tight team. Everyone wants to know what everyone's doing because they're all mates. Whereas if they come in or they get sent a job through, uh, you know, whatever, whatever system you operate, yep. they never really know what each other's doing and, and so, and they may never even see each other all week, depending on what side of town and, and uh, you know, the, what jobs they are. So taking that time to do it every Monday, I mean, you know, as we said, Innovative Trade is all about teaching people the business part of business. So talking to them about that opportunity and, and why it's important, and when john was saying we will get you back to have a chat more about it i think it's a wonderful idea but it'd be great to get some video of those chats to share if we were ever allowed to through the innovative trainers <laughs> group because not 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 video oh, we don't want to know your business part of it and that you know it's it, it's an interesting one even without even without audio um but more about you know 30 seconds of all the guys coming in and, and being involved and, and people understanding it happens every week it's not it happens once a month or it happens once a quarter. And a lot of people just tick the box with the rules and regulations now about having to have toolbox meetings Yep. and they tick the box because they have to do it. And, and that was brilliant when the, the authorities brought the toolbox meetings in. But the problem is the if the mindset is just to tick the box, most of the time you guys will get nothing out of it. 100%. Where if they're there because the, the, they want to be there, they want to understand, they want to do better for your business and um, they understand the support structure. It's just huge, mate. So um, now that, that's exciting and, um, you know, we'll talk about, I think we can then talk about structure and organisation and that process in the next one, John, because I think it all flows on from the team huddles and and how you set that, why structure, organisation and process are so important to a business, no matter what size they are. So I think if we can carry over both sort of topics into the next one, we could really deep dive into. Yeah, that.
0: look, I agree. I think there's too much, uh, too many pieces of gold that um, the Pat has to share with us to sort of rush it through. And I mean, the other one is social media. Ash, um, I, I know you and I've been following a lot of um, what Pat's been doing on social media, yeah, and Oztex uh, Sparks Electrical. They're they're really in front of the curve in that area. And I'm assuming Pat, you've uh, you've invested a lot of time into to getting that messaging right and positioning your your business in the in the right spot to to get in front of the right audience massively yeah yeah, it's, it's yeah. been a lot of work and effort put in in the back end we have a great partner digiviser that's sort of helping us in that space and uh, can help maybe other tradies if they're trying to get uh, in catch-up mode to, to to get in uh, in the line to, to where you are already uh, i mean um Innovative Traders Club can help there. Hey, Pat, I think, um, look, time has really got away. Um, it's been amazing. Always does it, it always does. Uh, Pat, if it's all right with you, can we maybe uh, finish up today's show and uh, with the commitment that you will come back and join us and, and we'll, <laughs> we'll do another one? We, we, do we have an agreement or you, have we scared, scared you off a bit? <laughs> we, can, we'll, we can shake virtual hands over it. That's fine. Virtually okay, beautiful. Maybe we'll have a a digital huddle uh, for <laughs> for our next catch up. Hey mate, I really appreciate what you've shared today. And again, we we do need your back because uh, the experience that you've gained in the time you've had business. There'd be lots of traders out there that would would get a lot of value out of listening to that. And and as we heard at the start, there's a lot of empathy already. I mean, the experiences that you've felt. Most of us that are traders have been through those those insecurities and, and that learning at some stage, and uh, and it's been fantastic. And maybe, uh, Ash, have you got any any final question to wrap up? Or maybe, Pat, any closing comment uh, for this show that you'd like to to share with the, the listeners? Well, well, how about this? Where can, Ollie, 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 where can Ollie, they find you? Where can they find Oztech Sparks Electrical? How can um, they get well, in touch with you?
2: Put in a... Jump on Facebook, Instagram, OZTECHSparks, Sparks, O-Z-T-E-C-H Sparks Electrical, um, and we, we just uh, jumped onto LinkedIn recently. But yeah, um, anytime. We're also 1300 Oztech. We've
1: registered that a couple of months ago, so that was good. 1300
0: O-Z-T-E-C-H. That's the one. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, Ash, uh, where can they find us?
1: Always can find us at Innovative Traders Club, or we're also through the Facebook. Instagram and LinkedIn, mate. So uh, www.innovative traders club. Hey, so they get that dot club part of it. Club, yeah, yeah. Pat, do you do any
0: TikTok stuff? Maybe, uh, we maybe see the TikTok action. Oh God, Well You know what? It's been a
2: conversation I've had with a few of the staff members, and it's so it's so um <laughs> it's it's tempting it's so tempting but there's just it, so much effort it. that goes in behind it you know once once i get certain things in the business running on point that's when maybe we can start playing around with TikTok and having a bit more yeah. fun
0: look ash and i'm pretty natural sort of movers and shakers uh, um, so <laughs> yeah. we might get you on one of our TikToks. Yeah. oh yeah we're very <laughs> good, very good. looking forward to it Hey, well, I think we, we might close out there, Pat, but uh, it's great having, uh, and you particularly sharing your time. I know your time's valuable, but, but spending your time with us today has been has been fantastic and really insightful, I believe, for our listeners. So we'll get you back for, for another show and chat about some of that other really important stuff that I know that... Uh, you've got a lot of contribution and some really interesting insights uh so cheers pat uh, cheers ash that's it Uh, that's show number eight now so whether you're in the ute the van the side shed the office or maybe heading out to mow the lawn now that daylight savings hit thanks for sharing your time uh, with us today and we hope uh, that you join us at Trade avant-garde next time stay safe stay well and speak soon